Welcome to the Charlotte Shields Coaching Podcast. I have real answers from real spouses of how to uplevel your marriage, even if you've lost hope. You can be the spouse you want to be, and you'll feel appreciated, cared for, and desired again. Let's create your marriage miracle. It's simple, but not easy. Nothing worth having ever is. Stick around to learn what it takes to create the marriage you've always dreamed of. Hey, y'all. I will be eternally grateful for my coaches who changed the trajectory of my marriage and therefore the rest of my life. I've coached many people. I coach clients who come with completely different challenges. We focus on things like anxiety, depression, marriage issues, weight loss, same-sex attraction, self-worth, and much more. I love seeing clients make great strides in feeling better. We take a look at their thoughts. We decide which ones they want to keep and which ones they want to discard. And in the process, they change their belief system and then their hearts for the better. Each of them has very different and difficult circumstances, but in a way, we're all the same. Each of us is given weaknesses from God. We also have difficulties that we create for ourselves. Some challenges are just our reality living in this fallen world. People do things and then we think thoughts and those thoughts make us feel bad. We all have our stuff. No adult gets out of this life without experiencing a myriad of challenges. No one is immune from needing to be refined through trials. The purpose of all opposition is to remind us to look heavenward. This process is to overcome what is uniquely ours to face. And it's the main purpose of our lives. The goal I have for myself is not just to figure out how to survive in this world with my unique challenges, but to thrive. Sometimes our struggles take us down to a dark place that is hard to recover from. I know I felt this way in my marriage. I felt full of darkness at some points. In Doctrine and Covenants, verse 67, we read, and if your eye be single to my glory, your whole bodies shall be filled with light and there shall be no darkness in you. And that body, which is filled with light, comprehendeth all things. So one of the things I started to comprehend through coaching was my value. I realized that nothing I did or didn't do changed my worth. I was born 100% valuable because I did not create myself. I don't need to prove my value to anyone or show them my value. And I don't need to constantly look for evidence of my value anymore. This didn't happen overnight. I practiced believing these thoughts for a long time until they stuck. Between the gospel of Jesus Christ And the life coaching principles that I've chosen as my belief system, I have consciously taken the darkness out of my life. I'm not perfect or even close, but I am filled with so much more light. What was bringing in so much darkness, which I didn't understand at the time, is described in Alma 12, 14. For our words will condemn us, yes, and all of our works will condemn us. We shall not be found spotless. Our thoughts will also condemn us. And in this awful state, we shall not dare to look up to our God. So my perceptions were skewed and I didn't realize it. I blame my feelings on my circumstances and the people I thought were creating them. That's why I had so much darkness in my life. When your unhappiness is someone else's fault, you are powerless to ever feel better unless they change. When they don't change, 
you remain trapped and stuck. And it becomes a very hopeless situation, the way that you're feeling. So life coaching helped me with the challenges I faced in my marriage and life. The work I did required me to change my perceptions. I did lots of self-examination. That's hard work and work I know I will be doing after this life. I continue to learn how much control I truly have over my words, my behaviors, and my thoughts, and my experiences in general. I'm the type of person who has things come out of my mouth I really wish I could take back, but it's too late. For so long, I didn't understand how to control this. This work helped me realize that before anything came out of my mouth, I had a thought about it. I usually had many thoughts about it. Our words come from somewhere. In Matthew 12, 13, we read, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. An example, which I think is really common, especially for women, is feeling like family members aren't helping as much as they could be. You see them sitting around, not helping you, and you think certain thoughts like, I wish I could just sit around, or I'm amazed that they can just sit there and not realize how much help I need. Without me, nothing would get done. I'm the only person who cleans around here, and abundance of other thoughts. Where these thoughts are lurking, you have many other subconscious thoughts around this same circumstance. The combination of all these thoughts your brain is offering you just under the radar, start to bother you. Then it starts to fester, which means your brain keeps revealing more evidence to you of how unfair it all is, because that is what you are subconsciously focused on. Eventually, one or more of these thoughts that have been on repeat in your mind for days finally come out of your mouth in the form of a sentence like, and it's usually not very nice. You say something like, I'm sick and tired of doing everything around here. Then you feel bad because you weren't nice. You are judgmental and critical with those you love most. And then you judge yourself for being judgmental and critical. It's a cycle that is really hard to fix if you don't have tools. Before I had awareness, I blamed others for my negative emotions. I learned the key to having more control of what came out of my mouth was having more control over what I was thinking. Choosing different thoughts brought light and peace back into my life. I really started to feel a shift in my personality that was refreshing. I felt so much lighter. One life coaching concept that really helped me is the 50-50 concept, which is that all of us will experience 50% positive emotions and 50% negative emotions as a rule throughout our lives. I imagined once I really had a grasp on thought work and was able to become aware of my thoughts and implement new ones that I could just change my negative thoughts. And then I would feel way better all the time. Heck, my life could be 100% happiness and joy. Wow, was I wrong. Even with all the thought work in the world, 100% happiness isn't possible. We are humans in this world, which means that about half the time, we will experience negative emotion. The truth is we actually want to experience negative emotions. Think about it. When someone dies that we love, we want to feel grief. When we don't get a job we've worked hard to qualify for, we want to feel disappointed. When our children get hurt, we want to feel sad. When someone we care about is making decisions that bring brings harm to themselves and others, we want to feel sorrow. 
Heavenly Father told us before we ever came to earth that we would experience opposition. This was the plan we agreed on. We know that part of these challenges would prepare us to become more like God. Living in a 50-50 world is the way we grow and learn. Nothing has gone wrong. In Nephi 2.11, he says, it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. He explains that opposition is essential or righteousness could not be brought to pass. So I want to share with you two of the people I admire most about most, and they both survived through horrific events. Victor Frankl spent a total of three years in four concentration camps during World War II. He was a Jewish Holocaust survivor, and I learned his philosophies by reading his book called Man's Search for Meaning. Frankl believed that suffering is part of life and that man's ultimate freedom is his ability to choose how to respond to any set of given circumstances, even the most painful ones. So imagine it being in a concentration camp. He knows what he's talking about. My favorite quote, quote from his book is, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Frankel often commented on the American obsession with the pursuit of happiness as stated in the Declaration of Independence. He saw it as a self-defeating goal. He believed that even the role of psychotherapy was not to make people happy but to enable them to deal with real life and its unavoidable hassles. Victor Frankl, who helped thousands of people with their mental health, believed in this 50-50 concept. He taught that to get through this life, you must choose your thoughts. So the other one that I love is Corey Ten Boom, and she's known for her efforts to hide Jews from arrest and deportation during the German occupation of the Netherlands. She was a Dutch Christian who, along with her father and other family members, helped many Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust during World War II. She was imprisoned when she was caught in a concentration camp for her actions. Her most famous book, The Hiding Place, describes the ordeal. Her book is filled with quotes about how to get through difficulties by relying on Jesus Christ. Some of the quotes of, from her book are, you can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. In darkness, God's truth shines most clear. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. If God sends us stony paths, he provides strong shoes. She knew from her experience in concentration camps that life is 50-50. So why is it that when we do experience pain, we are so often surprised and dismayed? We wonder if God is aware or if he's punishing us or why he is allowing these difficulties to happen. The reason why this concept is so hard to grasp in this day and age is that every form of media portrays people who are happy seemingly all the time. Almost every form, especially social media. If we just buy a certain product or travel to a certain destination or make a certain action, and take it, we will be happy. So when we aren't happy, there is something terribly wrong with us, right? After all, look at all these happy people we are exposed to any given minute of the day. 
we expend a lot of effort trying to be happy all the time. We stay away from discomfort that could help us evolve into who we are meant to be, which very often for me is feeling and allowing negative emotion. One example is being willing to experience failure. This takes courage, especially when we're in the process of improving or being vulnerable. But accepting possible failure failure will enhance our relationships and our lives. As my coach, Brooke Castillo, reminds all of her students, happiness and positivity 100% of the time is not the goal. The goal is humanness, to live this human experience as well as we can, knowing that it includes a lot of contrast on purpose. Choose humanness over happiness to have more peace. Most of us, instead of allowing our negative emotions and accepting that as part of life, do about anything to avoid these emotions. We resist, we react, or distract from them in order to feel better. The simplest way to deal with the 50% of negative emotion we have and we will absolutely experience is to learn how to allow these emotions. We name the emotion, we observe it in our bodies, and we watch it. Remember now, and then we wait until it subsides. It's so simple, and yet it is not easy. It's not comfortable. It's not fun. It can feel scary. But this is the key to handling the opposition that you will experience. Often, once clients first learn thought work, every time they feel a negative emotion, they try to switch it to a different thought. They know that thoughts are creating their feelings now, and they want to feel better. But then they can't find a thought that works. Whenever this is the case, they almost always need to allow the negative emotion first. After they have accepted and processed how they're feeling and being okay with it and deciding, of course, I'm feeling this way. Anyone would feel this way and I'm just going to allow it. Then they're finally able to have new thoughts come up for them that will stick. My best thought when life happens and I experience negative emotion and feel bad is, I signed up for this, or this is what I agreed to before coming to this earth. And it's okay. And what always makes the 50% pain, anger, disappointment, sorrow, and every other hard emotion okay in the end is Christ. He has borne our grief. He has felt every negative emotion we have ever experienced. He's willing to help us. And he wants to heal us when we allow our emotions Instead of trying to escape them, he can do this for us. When we push away our emotions or try to distract from them in an effort to avoid the pain inside, we actually hurt ourselves and others because we're trying to release this emotion. And we are always, almost always, it brings a net negative to our lives. We're not allowing the savior to heal us. He has the power to change and heal our hearts. This change happens when we acknowledge and accept our challenging emotions and turn to him for help and healing. So back to Doctrine and Covenants 88, where we learn to study, sanctify yourselves with your minds. They can become single to God and the days will come that you shall see him for he will unveil his face unto you. And it shall be in his own time and in his own way and according to his own will. Christ can absolutely help us with hard emotions. He wants to help us. Are we willing to allow 
these emotions as scary as we imagine it being in order to give him the chance to heal and change our hearts? If I'd only known the way, I would have saved myself so much heartache and pain. Allowing emotions and consciously choosing helpful thoughts changed my life. That is why I take time to do this podcast every week. I want to help you experience the healing and peace in your life. And I know the way. Adopting the beliefs I am teaching you each week helped me to create a fulfilled, happier, and purpose-driven life. I have received the greatest of miracles. That is why I always end this podcast by asking you to seek and expect your own miracles. If it was possible for me to recover from the darkness, it's also possible for you. We'll see you next week.